How do you tell better stories to attract potential clients, potential employees, potential employers? And how do you create better connections with audiences? Join me today as I speak with Elena Valentine on how to create video stories for iconic brands. everyone welcome to the Fanny Dunnigan show and we you are joining me in Dallas today which is freezing cold it feels like 12 out there right now and uh, good morning good evening good afternoon depending on where you're tuning in from thank you for joining me on my show where every week I speak to content creators industry experts all who lead with their hearts and I feature their expertise and share their advice and insights with you in the audience. So thank you for joining me. Let's see who's in the audience today. Um, of course, we have Anne Small. So make sure you all connect with her. She is my community manager of the show. And we have Dolores. Welcome from Dallas. You probably feel the cold as much as I do. Um, it is certainly a crazy, crazy weather day. So I want to encourage all of you in the comments to please 
treat it as a community. Connect with each other, share with each other what you do, and you never know who you might meet. You might meet a potential collaborator, vendor, partner, um, new connection, potential client, employer, job seeker. You just never know. And I want you to treat the comments like a community. And please feel free to meet each other and introduce yourselves and tell people where you're tuning in from as well. So network in the comments. And I challenge you to at least meet three new people in the comments of this show. My audience is amazing, and um, you're going to find wonderful people there in the audience. So thank you for joining me. And I'm going to bring in Anne real quick, just so that she could say hi. She is my community manager of the show. So make sure you connect with her, and she'll also pull up comments and questions and all that. Welcome, Anne. Thank you. I'll be looking for your questions, everyone. Awesome. Yes, please do post your questions and uh, we will make sure we post that for the guests as well. So as I do every week, I start off with a content tip of the week. And I wanted to talk about a topic that I spoke at at a conference this week, the International Association of Venue Man Managers Conference. It was for their Guest X conference. So this is an association for venue managers all over the US, as you know, which are all hit quite hard during this COVID pandemic. And um, I talked all around creating marketing plans around addressing people's needs. For those of you that might be psychology majors, you might've heard of Maslow's hierarchy of needs where there are five levels of needs that all humans crave and need for a fulfilling life. And I challenge them to create videos and create marketing campaigns to address those needs. At the very bottom of our human needs is our basic needs, right? From food, air, to um, beverages, um, making sure that we have clean air to breathe, food that is um, uh, safe, and all those things, especially for venues or even stores that are opening up, make sure that in your marketing that you address all those basic physiological needs of people. The second level of Maslow's hierarchy of needs is safety and security. So whenever you are doing marketing around that for your storefronts or venues, make sure that you ensure and tell them all the safety precautions that you've put in place, especially during COVID and the pandemic right now. The third level of Maslow's hierarchy of needs is our need for love and belonging. And this is when you create marketing videos to unite people, to connect people, to remind them of the community and sense of connection we feel when we interact with each other, because we all crave love and belonging. So make sure you address that as well. The fourth level of um, Maslow's hierarchy of needs is our esteem, right? We all want respect from others. We all crave respect of others. And so make sure you start to take into account in your marketing campaigns, um, respect for diversity, respect for others, respect for inclusion, and all that. Because 
We may have love and belonging, but we also crave respect. And at the very top of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, we have self-actualization. And that's when we want to be reminded of our, you know, uh, peak performances and our need to be at our full potential. And so whenever you have stories of inspiration, stories of people reaching their peak and reaching for growth, make sure you include that in your stories as well. So I just wanted to share with you all some of the things that I talked about at this Guest X conference and in your marketing campaigns. Make sure you consider all these different level of needs in Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And that's my content tip of the week. I also wanna share with you my quote of the week and it also ties back to belonging. Um, there is a wonderful book that I read called Belong by Ragha Agrawal. And the quote is this, this is my shine your light quote of the week. The world needs more belonging, more love, more community. And building a community is one of the most important, generous and creative acts a human can aspire to. So I hope that quote lifts you for the week. I hope that you connect in these comments of the show and let's build a community together. So thank you everyone. Thank you for tuning in. We have more people joining us now. I see Chandra. Hey Chandra from Garland, Texas. Yolanda, always great to see you. Oh, you're coming in from YouTube. Love it from Frisco. Awesome. Awesome job. Um, and we got Margo from New York. Oh, wow. I think uh, this is one of the guests uh, that um, guest connections, I think. So thank you. Thank you for joining us, Margo. So as I kind of welcome my guests, I want to kind of tell you today's topic is all around creating video stories. And my next guest, Elena Valentine, she creates video stories for iconic brands like McDonald's and uh, American Airlines. So everyone, please join me in welcoming Elena Valentine of Skill Scout Films, public speaker, filmmaker, design researcher. Welcome, Elena. Thank you for having me. And I love how you set the tone for us today. I just love how you already are. I know you're a fellow community enthusiast. Right? I love it. I want to read your bio for everyone because you all have to see how, how accomplished this wonderful woman is. She is a workplace filmmaker, design researcher, entrepreneur. She's made it her mission to help people find meaning in their work. So how appropriate that we talk about hierarchy of needs, right? Through stories that matter. With the motto, you cannot be what you cannot see. Elena started filming jobs as a way to get young people excited about careers. And since then, her team at Skill Scout Films have produced films for clients like Nike, McDonald's, American Airlines, as a way to engage candidates and employees alike. So we're gonna talk all about that today. And she's particularly excited about Skill Scout Films' latest project, Humans at Work documentary, which I can't hear, I can't wait to hear more about that as well, Elena. Um, she 
And that series shares stories of people who find passion and meaning in their work. So important right now. Um, Elena has recently was recently named HR superhero by Disrupt HR Chicago and New Cities Film Chicago Land nonprofit that elevates 600 or more female identifying filmmakers of color. Wow, like you don't have enough <laughs> work at work, right? Take on more. I love it, and that's that's building community too, isn't it, Elena? Yeah, yeah. There, there's there's a whole story there for sure around why I even co-founded Mezcla. Mm. Um, very much on if you cannot see the community, be the community. Love it. And it was you know seeing myself as an employer. That you know we are an HR focused company, yes. but inevitably it starts with ourselves. Yeah. The biggest impact that as a leader I know I can make is not on what Skill Scout Films can do for other companies. It's what Skill Scout can do for our own workforce. Yes. And so for us to think about what diversity, equity, and inclusion means for us, mm -hmm. for us to think about hiring, for us to think about our own culture, um, really to me was so important. If we're here to help other companies attract and retain diverse talent, then we needed to have figured that ourselves too. Yes. So, you know, that's definitely a really, I think, important part of uh, the journey and, and a lot of what uh, I invest my time in outside of Skill Scout. Well, tell me a little bit about how you ended up here, right? How did you choose to tell stories for a living? How did you end up in this space of creating films and telling stories? Tell us a little bit about that arc of your, your career. Yeah. Well, it certainly wasn't to tell beautiful films or it wasn't to share and, and tell beautiful stories. Inevitably, a lot of this came down to how are we helping young people get exposed to careers, period. So prior to Skill Scout, my colleague and I were former design researchers for an IDEO-like design thinking environment. And inevitably, what was a cool role that I kind of carved out for myself was to be a visual ethnographer for the Fortune 100s. And a lot of what that meant was that we were the voice of a consumer and I would go into people's homes to learn about their experiences, learn about their shopping experience and capture that on film and inevitably turn really ugly research video into films that could move C-suite. Oh, and wow. one of those projects would inevitably change my life. And it was a project working with the WK Kellogg Foundation. Mm. That's uh, a national challenge of 6 million young people ages 16 to 24 who are not in school or in the workforce. And how do we connect them to more meaningful pathways to employment? And there were several things that we noticed at the time was one, you cannot be what you cannot see. And when you've had young people that have never left their neighborhoods, they lack access and exposure to jobs. Mm. Job descriptions don't show what a job is like. And so when we took a step back, among other things, because there certainly are, you know, several other solutions to kind of really support what that means, yeah. is we saw that there was a power in video and a power in storytelling just to get young people excited about the world of work, period. Yeah. And so at the essence of what we started to do was film jobs. Mm. And young people started to put their phones down 
And they started to ask questions and they started to get excited about work. But even more importantly, they were now given a real opportunity to self-screen in or self-screen out. Mm. And what we saw was that this wasn't just an opportunity, you know, around young people or a challenge, that there were many of us who are struggling in the hiring process. Many of us, I'm sure, Fanny, you could tell stories. I'm sure yeah. on LinkedIn could tell stories of this is what I thought the job was. And then this is really what it is. Yeah. Right. And so we already saw that there was this challenge of how do we more meaningfully connect to jobs? How do companies differentiate themselves? How do company provides more, more reality checks of what some of these roles are? And so we saw that there was equally, you know, just as much of a business opportunity to help companies tell their story in a way that initially would get candidates an opportunity right. to self-screen in or self-screen out. And by doing that, there's a couple of things that happen. One is you don't waste a candidate's time. You also don't waste that company's time. And Absolutely. so while, you know, story and film was never meant to replace the hiring process in any way, it certainly has expedited it. And companies, large and small, industries of manufacturing, all the way to R&D scientists uh, have all had stories to share and tell. And myself and my colleagues at Skills Gut Films have had, a, have had the privilege to be able to help capture those stories on film. Absolutely. I mean, it's so true because it's, it's almost like also when I was growing up, right, I, I ended up going into engineering, but I would have never known that if nobody had told me. Like we, we had a speaker come to our, our high school to share that about the field of engineering, right? But we don't know what to dream until we see the dream almost. And in your case, you get to visually put it in front of us. So we know that there's all these jobs and all these opportunities out there. And then we can say, hey, I think I can do that. I see myself in that person in that video. Yeah. And that's inevitably, you know, when I think about it, because I've, I've been a geek about work for a really long time. Like I was one of those nosy kids. Like I wasn't trying to play princess. Like I was trying to play Dr. Dick, the surgeon, uh, or, you know, a social studies teacher, Jacques Cousteau, the next oceanographer, whatever that was. But as I reflected, as I got older, what I realized is that it was never about these roles. It was about the people who lived them. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be a primatologist, just like Jane Goodall. I wanted to be a politician, just like good old Mayor Daley from Chicago, right? And so, you know, you start to see yourselves in people's stories. And so inevitably what we're connecting is the, the art and science of story yeah. with media. And media is our literacy of the 21st century. And I'm sure there are many of us already, like right now, we are all watching like workplace-related video content. Yes. But if we even yeah. think about our kids, they're going to YouTube to learn how to braid their hair, get tours of the White House. Yeah. Don't think they're also not going to YouTube to learn about jobs. And so we kind of this was also part of just a growing trend of how we learn and of how we're continuing to learn, uh, you know, even in the future. So it was kind of inevitably, you know, when we first started, it was still video was still kind of a nice to have. Yeah. Uh, and at this point, we're seeing more and more companies finally take this seriously and be like, oh, like, yeah, this is this is something we actually have to include as part of our strategy. This is pretty necessary at this point. And you brought us uh, some examples. I wanted to play one example real quick. Um, I think you had uh, Wendy's. 
example. Is that right? Too, but actually, I want to kick it off. You know, speaking of the Maslow's hierarchy of needs, mm-hmm. we can frame a lot of our stories around this. And so mm-hmm. actually, the first one I want to share is through Kohl's. Okay. Uh, particularly because, you know, even during COVID, they're still hiring. Y'all are still ordering a ton of stuff <laughs> online. Uh, and Kohl's is Guilty. Like, but if we yeah. think about Maslow's, what's happening now is we have to think about safety and security. People are paying attention to how is that workplace keeping me safe? So yes. I'd like to share that video first, please. Yes. Uh, if, if you know, kind of go if we're going in that uh, in that role. So let me share my screen. Let's hopefully I yeah. can. And just make sure you click the uh, share audio. There's a little checkbox oh, when oh, you hold share. Hold on. Tab. Did I do it right? Let's uh, remove that and then click the tab. And then there's a little checkbox that says share audio. Okay. Sorry about this, everyone. I'm I'm learning. No, no worries. This, this is, is share audio. <laughs> this is the show. Yes. Screens that you share audio. So share screen, Chrome okay. tab, mm-hmm. COVID safety. Yeah. And then Can that everyone see okay. this. Okay. All right. I am playing. We really care about our associates. So if something was to happen due to COVID, we really take that to heart. You will be coming to a safe, pleasant working environment where there are current protocols in place to ensure your safety. has done to me everything that they need to do to keep us safe. Exactly. Yes. So look, you know, it's it's not, you know, going to make, you know, the Oscars next Martin Scorsese. Uh, but these are real stories that visually Yes. A much more powerful impact. And you do world. it in one minute, right? Like there's, there's something to be said about, you know, a photo says, um, or a picture says a thousand words, but a video says like a million words because you see the people, you see the environment that they'll be working in, all the safety precautions that they, you've, they've put in place. So all in one minute. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, again, and, and we've told every type of theme and story of the workplace. And I love, again, the framing of Maslow's because we can really talk through that. What's been really interesting about the pandemic is how we have had to take it tears Mm -hmm. down. Many of us have had to start from the bottom because- we've always assumed safety was a given. We always assumed safety was a given and now safety has dramatically changed. The bar for safety of our workplaces is shifting and so we have to go down to those levels. We have to make sure that employees feel safe and that candidates, as they're looking at these roles, say and, and can feel affirmed that that is, um, you know, a company that is going to take 
my health and my safety very seriously. What they didn't show in that, which is are actually in other um, videos, is that each of these distribution centers have wellness centers with nurses, mm -hmm. doctors um, that are available not only to those employees, but yeah. to their families. Yeah, we have Margo uh, in there saying, great video capturing the workplace at Kohl's. Yeah, thank you. really sh shows uh, behind the curtain of the Kohl's work environment. Absolutely, Marco. Thank yeah. you. And what was fascinating, and, and you know, we can move on from here, is as I'm sure, you know, for your businesses, and Margo, I saw that you were a part of a media firm too. I mean, on-site production took a very serious halt hmm. in March in 2020. And it was scary, not just for our companies. It was really scary for companies like us, you know, who also were, you know, had a lot of plans to do onsite. Um, and so what's been, you know, kind of fascinating going through all of this is I think part of the hesitation that companies had in wanting to push forward with content is they're like, oh, this pandemic, you know, we don't want to date ourselves by having masks. You know, we had a we had to have a lot of those kind of hard conversations with companies. And what we had to tell them was like, look, if you plan on hiring between now and the next two yeah. years, you yeah. better believe it that candidates and employees are looking at that video are. to make sure and ensure that that those safety precautions are happening. Absolutely. And so actually it really is a miss for companies to think that what they want is evergreen content with people with no masks and having huddles, because that is not the reality for the next two years. And if you plan on building an authentic and truthful culture that you want your candidates to feel like they know before coming in, start to think about how you're going to invest in that content now. Absolutely. So let's break it down, right? Because when, when I was kind of thinking through what you do, right? You, there's all these different levels of the importance of storytelling and videos, right? There's the attraction side of bringing the talent into the company, you know, creating brand, attracting people to the company, especially if it's not a well-known brand. Then there's also about engaging with whether it's potential employees or your existing employees, and then keeping your employees, retaining them. Right. So let's break it all down into the three parts. Attraction. Right. How what is an effective way to attract candidates through video? What is the role of video in that? Yeah. So when it comes to candidates, there are typically four reasons mm -hmm. why companies are, are coming to us to do this. One is, look, I've got an evergreen role. And I'm hiring 5,000 of, of this role. Um, and look, we want to invest because we know that this role is a constant for us. We want to be able to differentiate, you know, the role of nurses at this healthcare center than others. That's a big one. The other question might be, what is a really just hard to fill role? And what's interesting is that that could be, you know, from a CEO, CFO level, we're only hiring one, but it's yeah. so crucial to our company that we want to invest in a good story. But it could also be like in the world of manufacturing, look, we don't have enough tool and die makers or CNC machinists. And so getting ourselves out there and putting a story together makes a lot of sense. The third might be, what is a role that could use a very serious reality check. Mm. And the one I like to always bring up is, you know, thinking about American Airlines fleet service roles, right? Or, or really 
just anyone kind of working for airlines or airports, like they never sleep. Mm. Rain, sleet, shine, or snow, you're going to be outside. Mm -hmm. If you're a fleet service handler, you're going to be lifting luggage. A it's a lot. special kind of person. It is a special kind of person, right? And, and so, you know, you know, you can probably translate this to, you know, other roles that all of us have. Um, and the whole goal there is, look, can a video, you know, can we lean into the challenges? Can we lean into the suck? Can we keep it real a bit so that this becomes a video where candidates can self-screen in or self-screen out? Mm -hmm. That's a big one. And I would say the fourth um, typically comes, you know, what is a role that is just, extremely um, difficult to tell on paper. We're like, look, this is such maybe a hands-on or a visual role, or like, look, this is so hard to understand that we just need to show it. And yeah. it just becomes really easy to do. And again, sometimes a company can have all four of these at once. Manufacturing typically has all four of these. For a lot of their roles. And I'm sure, you know, for some of you, you could be thinking the same. But I think that is typically when, um, you know, for kind of a recruitment aspect, why, why clients are coming to us for that. And oh, and then certainly, you know, biggest one is like, oh, we have an immediate need. We have to hire really quick. We have to hire really fast. Like, right, get it out. <laughs> yeah. And given again, you know, certainly pending on the generations and the social platforms, visual, you know, does three times better. We already have the data to prove it. So sometimes this is just a matter of look really quick, fast, you know, diehard timelines. What can we get done? Yeah. You know, so that we can start promoting. I want to, a, a perfect example I remember was at TalentNet. Um, so quick shout out to Craig Fisher who is the amazing connector of all uh, recruiters yeah, and friend. sourcers. Yep. I don't know if Craig's tuning in. I tagged him in our posts earlier. Um, but I, we were talking about videos on a panel at TalentNet and you played a great video of, um, I believe it was someone that had to climb poles for a living. Tower climber. Tower climber. We don't get cell service people without tire, tower climbers. And the tower climbers we were featuring were tried and true proud Texans. Thank you very much for all you Texas people out there. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you really attract only a select few, right? And even then, it's not for the squeamish. It's not for the, uh, <laughs> the people that are afraid yeah. of heights. Like, it's very specific. Talk about a real challenge, right? No matter how many times recruiters could say, look, you can't be afraid of heights. Seriously. You're going to be up hundreds of feet. Yeah. I'm telling you, you know, are you afraid of heights? You promise you're not afraid of heights? You have, like they had countless stories of people starting off in the first few weeks. They get up there and they're like, nope, not for me. Mm -mm -mm. Yeah. And, and they were losing a lot of money because of that. Lost time, lost the revenue. Oh, yes. mm -hmm. And so this was a perfect example where yeah. having a video of that perspective of hundreds of feet above mm -hmm. the ground was so crucial for people to really put themselves in the shoes of that employee to say like, okay, I, I think I can dig this. I can do this. I'm the daredevil. I, I, I got this. Yeah. And in that case, you not only attract the right candidates, you'll repel those that are just not a fit. Right? That's right. That's right. Yeah. Brian, uh, Brian Adams from PH creative, just a, a great friend and, and mentor. He always says, um, repel the many to compel the few. And that is the biggest difference between mm. workplace films 
in what we do from this corporate side versus marketing is that this is not about putting lipstick on a pig, people. People need to see the whole pig, right? Say that one more time. That's a great line, Elena. Yeah, like this is not about putting lipstick on a pig. Like the repel part. <laughs> yes. And, and that's so important here because, you know, candidates are going to call you on it. Employees are going to call you on it. If you, they feel that you sold them a bad bill, a false bill of goods, they are going to call you out or they're going to quit or you're going to lose a lot of money. And so this is the big difference where companies really have to take the leap oftentimes, quite frankly, to ask the really hard question of why do people quit? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you have to have some pretty brave conversations yeah. when it comes to this, because we are, as, as you know, at least in my case, as a, as a film company, we are pushing some of these clients to really kind of move on, on some of the hard stuff, on some of the sucky stuff. Mm -hmm. And then, in fact, when we do do that, again, repel the many to compel the few. That's the difference. Yeah. We are not here to capture the whole. Yeah. We just want those awesome 15 amazing candidates who are going to blow us away and who really are going to dig what we do. And it's going to shorten their recruitment time and save money as well. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Margot is saying smart updating content to match the time. You can't just do evergreen type videos anymore. Absolutely no. right. Kevin says in the audience, you can't expect the old tired things to work in this new time. You have to be quick to add, adapt. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, it's certainly it. a tall order for manufacturers who, when we were working with them, because we built this company on the, on the shoulders of small to mid-sized manufacturers, uh, they were still putting out yard signs. Front oh things. gosh! So, you know it, it. You know it. It took some convincing. Mm -hmm. For sure. Jason, unsung heroes, the tower climbers. I am telling you. Also, that we can come to you live with. This. I am telling you, we do not get cell phone service. We cannot watch the streaming on our phone if it's not for amazing tower climbers. I yeah. give them all my love. So let's go to the second part of that. So we attract them, right? And then now how do we engage talent with video? Yeah. So again, that's a pretty broad, uh, you know, question in that sense. Typically, here's the thing. The reason why we want to have video in the first place is certainly, yes, there is a show and tell aspect here that is really important that we know is, is part of a key way that people learn. But certainly oftentimes the reason why we're also going towards video is because we want an emotional connection. We want to kind of create some sort of emotional connection, right? This is not just about sharing out of information. This is about we want our people to feel something. And so when we think about, you know, once someone's been hired, um, where video becomes important literally is, can be right from the beginning, which is right at orientation and onboarding. Especially now, some of the biggest, you know, concerns and challenges that companies had was like, you know, we're hiring these interns and we're hiring these new people. We can't, we don't even have an office. They've never even met like any of their team members. How are we going to create that cohesion? Well, a video on meet your team. Yes. Or a video on meet your leader and mm -hmm. their origins into the company. Mm. Right. Some of it can just be these kind of key stories of, you know, get to know me, get to know you. And, and sometimes these, this is external facing. Sometimes it's not. 
And so this is really where it kind of, it depends on your company, but that's actually because we're in multiple locations, working remotely, working from home. Exactly. Exactly. Engage can also just be, you know, ways, ways that we are kind of showcasing great work that's happening around the company, especially for global companies. You have a lot of these international sites who, you know, are often doing great things. And, and how do we kind of balance that so that other sites know what they're doing? And yes. so oftentimes we do a lot of video just around showcasing certain projects, initiatives, campaigns, especially certainly even with, with COVID-19. You know, we've been working with biotech companies who are really on the, on the front lines of vaccines or of, you know, testing. And some of it is a celebration and, and some of it is, hey, this is the sharing of the news. This is this is what's going on. We want to inform you and also, you know, you know, kind of have a rallying cry of yeah. we're part of this mission. And so that certainly is a big one, too. Uh, certainly also with, you know, when we think about retaining talent. Yeah. You know, video is key. We look at LinkedIn learning. We look at everything. I mean, video becomes so key to how we are sharing out best practices, how we're sharing out various trainings for us to level up. Mm -hmm. And so that's a huge part of this aspect too. And I find even with retention, like when we feature existing employees in employer branding videos or day in the life of videos, they feel a sense of pride, right? They feel a sense of pride of like, hey, like my, my company feels like I'm, I would be a good spokesperson for them. And I'm saying this and sharing how I feel on this video that will be seen by all these people. I think that's also a great acknowledgement of, of the existing employees and talent. Yeah, absolutely. I'm looking, um, you know, Kevin had an interesting comment. He said, most manufacturers and healthcare places have the most out of date um, practices and technology. What do you yes think about no. that? Yes and no. I mean, I mm -hmm. think that we can look at, um, you know, varying degrees of, of industries uh, where we're seeing out of date practices and certainly look, I came into the world of manufacturing with a lot of naivete. Thank goodness. I also came into the world of manufacturing through the eyes of small business manufacturing. So not your big GEs or your Unilevers. Um, and so certainly in those cases, when you have second, third, fourth generation owners or mm -hmm. family businesses, you know, they, they weren't incentivized. They were, they not only weren't incentivized to change their practices, sometimes they couldn't, you know, when we started, we were coming right off of the recession. It was really, really hard for manufacturers. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, some of these technologies and approaches around hiring, yeah, you know, just, just wasn't something that they could even think about again, because they're going to Maslow's, right. It was just like, what can we do to get the basics? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's, there's definitely, you know, to, to Kevin's point, there certainly are, you know, pending on the sectors, pending the sizes where, where that still is very much a challenge. And, 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 in where, you know, we're talking to associations still on just the basics of video, like here's why you should use it. So yes, right. But I, but I would say that there's truth to that and, and certainly other sectors as well. Mm -hmm. Now I wanted to, uh, maybe instead of the answering this question, so we can show this question. Um, Cause I think one of your videos talks about um, jobs, right? Like how a video, says so much more than just a basic black and white job description. Yeah. And you know what I'm going to do? Cause we talked about tower climbers. Let's just share it. With Love it. Jokes. So do let it. Me, let I me, really enjoyed that video. Let me find it. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, everyone, I'm going to share my screen. And thank you for everyone's patience with this as I, as I do that. Okay. Looked up, I seen some guys with a tower rig with the ropes, and I said, That looks like something I could do. Run your computer, run your cell phones, watch that video off of your phone. Without us, there's no communication. You don't have cell phone service if we don't build it. I don't think it's safe for any guy to say he's not scared. There's always moments when we're lifting something heavy or something. If you got enough sets, you're going to be a little scared. But knowing the people you're working with, knowing everything's gonna go the safest it can, then it's just another day. Watch what you're doing. Watch everything around you. Inspect everything before you climb on it. Most full body harness that goes many ways. We've got two lanyards on your back and hooks. One of those has to be on the tower at all times. If you forget to do something, you're always got your friend there watching out for you. We do the same to each other, so we make sure that you're good. SAC, they give a lot of good training. Teach you how to rescue, they teach you how to use all your safety equipment. After they get out of training, they should be able to climb. Me recomendaron esta empresa. Me dijeron que era una empresa muy buena. Disfruto de mis compañeros, disfruto del trabajo. Me gusta experimentar cosas nuevas y, y creo que esta ha sido un gran I'd say if you're going to start in the tower industry, this would definitely be a company to go to. So there's always that next tier you can go to. I can grow here by learning other things and giving us the opportunities to move up. This is the fourth company I've been to with 9RAC. I'd probably retire with this company. Come lead the change. Come lead the change. Come lead the change. Ven a liderar el cambio to a connected world. Wow, there you go. That's a living example, perfect example of why video beats job descriptions any day. You can only write so much of that in like a black and white text, must put on harness, must climb tower. But I see that and my knees are weak just looking at those tower climbers. And that's what they expected. And um, this is a, certainly a great example and case study of a company who saved millions, millions and millions of dollars on their recruitment spend with yeah. a campaign that, you know, heavily included video and visuals as a way to communicate uh, that work. Yep. Jason. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Like not, not my role, but, but please, I hope we find more. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for applying to the job. <laughs> when we've had major storms and hurricanes and tornadoes, you know, we think about, um, you know, the hurricanes that, you know, even hit Texas. Oh, we were waiting for those tower climbers, right? Yeah. We were waiting. I mean, without this, we couldn't communicate. I love Margot's comment as well. Powerful that it is bilingual, right? It really opens up your your talent pool as well, just yeah. by having one of them speak in Spanish, right? It does. 
But sometimes videos can also be revealing about what they're not sharing, which is look, mm. you know, sir, you know, at the time, this is this is not necessarily a role that attracts women. Mm -hmm. So sometimes when we share this video, we get lack of diversity. There's not enough yeah. women here. And we say, yeah, you're absolutely right. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, right, you know, what you don't say is equally important. Mm -hmm. And what you don't represent. What mm -hmm. you don't represent. And, and certainly mm -hmm. it's not to say that SAC mm -hmm. Wireless is not, you know, looking to attract, you know, women and others. Um but look, you know, they were also being realistic with, you know, this, this is who, you know, are some of our really great employees who can be um, amazing ambassadors to, to help us tell that story and hopefully inevitably be able to, you know, attract a much wider net for us to be able to attract other, other communities and groups uh, that typically might not see the tower climber as a role for them. We have a question from Margo. She just said, what did you use to shoot the pan shots? Um, is I'm, that the panoramic? That must be what she means. The panoramic oh, yeah. shots. I mean, look, to get that high, you have to have drones. <laughs> you know, they, they certainly weren't you going went to in a helicopter, us. Elena. They certainly weren't going to allow us with no training um, <laughs> to, climb, to climb that tower. Although I will say um, we've certainly we've certainly had some fun experiences as filmmakers through, you know, support of compliance always right next to us and a safety officer. You know, we've gone into engines of planes. We've gone into the big wheel things of, of planes. We've, you know, we've worked in major manufacturing facilities where we got a forge in a, a huge, you know, 1800 Fahrenheit fire right here. Oh my goodness. You know, we've, yeah. you know, Depending you braved it all to bring those stories to us, Elena. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so as we, for those out there that, you know, want to th tell their stories of work, right? For those that, um, you know, whether it's small business owners and you obviously tell these stories for enterprise organizations, for those that are kind of maybe starting out and they're smaller, um, what would you say are the five elements of a, a powerful story of work. Mm. So again, I think it really is going to be dependent because the way that we would approach a company overview and a cultural overview versus a job video is very different, right? The more specific we get, the more specific we have to be in our responses. Uh, but again, let's think about the, um, the Maslow's hierarchy of needs here. Um, you know, if we think about job videos, for example, which is when we started, uh, which is where we started, there's typically five key elements of a job video that we have found has worked across the board and, you know, tried, tested, um, and reviewed by young people. Uh, so for us, we saw it was one being specific, right? Like this is not just about a departmental overview. Like at this point, when someone's looking at your job post, they're trying to understand um, what is it like to be a shoe designer at Nike versus being a shoe designer at Adidas, right? And so, you know, that was kind of a big thing of the, the more specific of a role we can get, the, the kind of tighter we can get on who we're attracting. The second one is, and this is so easy because it's video is show and tell, right? I want to see less talking and more of working. And so uh, for some of you, the challenge is, um, well, I've got too many proprietary processes or I work in a hospital and we can't show patients and that's okay. 
we can mock some of these scenarios, right? Inevitably, you know, when it comes to this actual video, candidates are not necessarily caring about this is an actual project right here, right now, but literally just wanting to see the skills, wanting to see the movements, wanting to see the activities um, that they would be expected to do every day. Um, the other, certainly, and, and we can talk through this, but timing is a factor here. So depending on where you want to share this, you know, two minutes tops is typically what you want to get unless they're getting further into your funnel. The second one we talked about and, um, you know, tower climbers was a really good example of this, which is keep it real. The way I like to say it, lean into the suck, help us understand why this job is so difficult, why people might quit, why people are, are, you know, don't want to apply to this recruiters know all of this. Right. And so if you can empower them to really share that and certainly with candidates and employees, uh, that becomes a big one. And then the big one, right. Which kind of gets us kind of more existential, gets us more up to, you know, up the, the ranks of the Maslow's is, is, is sharing the why. It's why do you come back to work every day? You know, what, what brings you, you know, joy about the work that you do? What brings you meaning to the work that you do? Yeah. And so that's always, you know, there's tons of other ways to ask that question, but we certainly are here to answer the why. Mm -hmm. uh, I think for us again, you know, I think the reason why we show up a bit differently in our space and I certainly show up differently as a filmmaker um, is because when I started, I wasn't here to try to put out beautiful films. I was here to try to get young people to work. And I think because of that motivation, the way that we look at our stories, the way that we approach it is there's a level of pragmatism sometimes to what we do because of, of the communities that we were working with, right? I'm not here to just be a filmmaker to be a filmmaker. I did this because I saw social injustice in the world of young people who are getting shut out. Absolutely. Um, you know, so I think for me, we always have to think about that is I think sometimes we get too caught up and I want to make a beautiful film and let's talk about my why and why this is so important. When in reality, it's like, so how long do I work? When do I work? Where yeah. do I work? Who am I working with? Keep when it I real. <laughs> when am I going to get paid? How am I going to get paid? Like some of these are some real questions that people want to ask. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, some, you know, some, a lot of what I do isn't just for art's sake. And I think that's the biggest difference is that when we're working in the world of, of work and working in the world of HR, some of this is our, are just some tried and true real questions that have to get addressed. And it's not necessarily the most, you know, sexy going to win an Oscar, but I don't care because this is about getting people back to work, right. it's about people staying in their jobs and doing better at their jobs. So be specific, do show and tell videos timing consider that keep it real lean into the suck i love that one the best <laughs> so true um and then share the why yeah wonderful advice and for those of you out there if you have any questions for elena be sure to drop it in the comments and we will bring it up and make sure we address that in this session as well now Let's come, let's do a comparison, right? Because obviously those are very high production kind of videos. You got drones, you got, you know, all that, right? But what about kind of small mid-sized companies right now that might still want to get videos out there? They'd still need to hire, but you know, they can't do all those full scale productions. What about those kind of DIY videos? Any tips around that? Yeah. And it's something that we do with 
clients regularly, right? Uh, so we also do, you know, kind of DIY videos supporting kind of employee generated content. And there's a couple of reasons why folks do either or oftentimes they're doing both. So the reason why a company might do uh, full scale production, certainly one is look, so sometimes this is a budget thing, right? And they're like, Hey, uh, you know, we really want to produce something that we think could have a longer shelf life. Maybe it's a more foundational video. So things, so stories, for example, that may not need to change so often, like a founder story, an origin story, our history, our values, that's not going to change very much. Right. And so this is where companies might think about investing in a more full scale production. Sometimes it's about based on capacity and you know, it right as people leaders, Sometimes your team is just stretched so thin that, you know, it is just worth the spend, worth the partnership to have someone who can come in, take control of that and, and be successful. So that's often certainly a big one. The other consideration of why, um, you know, clients might go for full scale is that, you know, marketing has a, has a major influence here. And if marketing has specific expectations around the kind of external material uh, that they, you know, feel best represents the company, that might also be why companies will invest in full scale because it's just kind of a part of the culture in, in the marketing, which for the good or the bad, yeah. it, you know, might, might be there. Um, however, for, for kind of the kind of do it yourself or what we call, you know, production light, Certainly, yes. Sometimes this is about budget, but a lot of the times when we're thinking about DIY videos, we're kind of thinking about how are we going to tell more stories more often, mm. right? So companies that are investing in this sometimes are going to work hand in hand to do, hey, some foundational full-scale production videos, but then on a monthly or quarterly basis, they're coming out with videos that they know just constantly need to be updated, right? Like a new project celebration, a new hire, a new retirement, and they're kind of celebrating oh, sure. that. They're celebrating, absolutely. They're, they're kind of celebrating that with video. And that also becomes a big concern, you know, with, um, you know, a question with, with DIY as well. Um, is the updatable piece. A big question that a lot of folks have is, great, we just interviewed Sarah for this, you know, major high profile production and then she left. And now what do we do? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. Yep. And so that, that certainly becomes a big, a big factor as well. But the challenge with um, kind of do it yourself videos that can happen is with consistency. And again, it, it, there does take a level of process and systemization because as a company, you're not just asking typically one person to do a video. You're typically asking 20 people potentially at once to do a video. And there is a level of process and intention that you have to, you know, create and, and have with those employees to make sure that they're doing a good job for you because they want to do a good job for you. So things like, you know, having templates on the ready. Things like, you know, making sure that they're, you know, you're sharing the questions that you want them to answer um, in advance, making sure that they have the right tools so that it's not just their phone, but is it, you know, look, we want to provide everyone with a mic for crisp audio. 
Maybe we want a tripod to be, you know, to make sure that we're capturing really steady interviews. So all of that inevitably is going to be kind of dependent on the expectations that the company has, but that definitely sometimes can be, be the challenge. And it might be why a skill scout films partner comes in to support kind of a level of process and systemization for these companies to do this at scale. Absolutely. And I, I want to ask you this question because I love this question that we got um, at TalentNet, right? Because we, somebody in the audience at the conference we were at asked, what are good questions to ask people so that yeah. it pulls out that story out of them, right? So that they tell a better story because sometimes it's all about the question, right? So you had wonderful answers at the conference. So I want you to share some of those. Yep. So some of my top questions are, um, this is a, like, tell me about what was it? How do I, how do I say it? Um, what is it about your work that would surprise people? Because then that gets to kind of like, not the mundane things, but really like when you, when you, when you share this with your friend, with your friends and family, what is it that you're typically bragging to them about? Right. Um, another one is tell me about, um, what makes you most proud about the work that you do? Tell me about a moment where you were most proud of your work. Um, gosh, they're so pleased by all means. I'm, I, I have a whole kind of list, um, but those are typically some of my big ones. Um, One of my favorite is uh, of all the companies, especially if there's a lot of competitors in that same space. Yeah. Why did you choose to join this one? Yeah. Amongst all yeah. the competitors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, you know, tell me, you know, what keeps it coming back every day is a oh, big one. one. The one that I really love that people don't like, um, or certainly companies poo poo it. And there's a politer way to say it, but oftentimes if we're really trying to get real, it's like, okay, like why do people quit? Like, you know, it's like what makes this role in this job super challenging? And sometimes here's what's really great about that is one, you get a really great truthful response that I think can really help for candidates to self-screen in or self-screen out. But what we've also seen is that this is very, very helpful research for HR. A lot of the times our raw footage is used as research uh, for, for HR to rethink job descriptions, to rethink process, to rethink roles in and of itself. And mm-hmm. so these questions don't necessarily have to be questions that you're asking people on camera for some sort of external facing right. series. Right. So much of this are, are so much of these are questions that you might typically ask in a stay interview. It's almost like a mini focus group. <laughs> you can get some really real answers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that becomes super key. Mm-hmm. And then the question that I always will ask at the end, this is like a tried and true when I'm on production. Is there anything else you'd like to share that I didn't ask you? Mm-hmm. And this sounds like a really funny and stupid question and not very brilliant, but inevitably what that means is we are holding space and opening space for them to, you know, knowing who that audience is to either reiterate something that is very important to them 
-hmm. or share something completely new and surprising to us. And then we spend the next 20 minutes talking about that theme. Like what? There's flexibility in this. Tell me more about that. Tell me more about this story. And so I love that question because it really shows then that we are here to have two-way conversations versus me asking you the, my dog is going nuts right now. No worries. So, you know, so that it feels again, kind of a two-way, a two-way street that we're, we're opening it up to them to make sure that we are, we are, that they are sharing, you know, any, everything that they've wanted to talk about this role or this company, et cetera. Yeah. Marco says good way to do research. Absolutely. Dolores in the audience, thanks for pointing out the differences between a full-scale production and DIY. Thank you. Time always flies quickly on this show. (laughs) Um, I wanted to kind of end with this question because, you know, we have a lot of folks that are even in job search in the audience um, and as well as entrepreneurs and founders and corporate professionals. You've worked with some of the most iconic brands and who would have thunk little <laughs> do they know we're some scrappy little team in Bridgeport, South side, Chicago. It's <laughs> the scrappy ones that win. <laughs> what is some advice that you would give um, maybe for some of the entrepreneurs out there? How would, yeah. how can they attract iconic brands to work with? So I will quote a mentor and a big partner of our Shaker uh, recruitment marketing and Joe Shaker Jr., who's a CEO. Um, His father started Shaker recruitment marketing in 1951. They were one of the first companies. And Joe Shaker and and his family's advice when it comes to this is make a friend, make a deal. And what I mean by that is, especially in our industry, and, and Fanny, I'm curious your thoughts too, you know, our industry doesn't like to be sold to. Mm-hmm. You know, inevitably, this is about long-term relationships. And, you know, my colleague, my co-founder, Abby, and I decided a long time ago that I'm here to build Shout a business. To Abby. We love Abby. Hey, Abby. <laughs> yeah. You know, that I'm here to build a business to last, not to sell, mm-hmm. which means that we're in here for the long game just as much as many of our people leaders are here from day one as they move on to various different companies. Um, And so it always rang true for us, make a friend, make a deal. And that any conversation I go into um, inevitably is more about how can we just, you know, develop a good relationship. And if we happen to be a good fit, great. And if not, you know, there are still opportunities for us to not just collaborate, but quite frankly, we're going to see each other in the same sandboxes anyway. So we might as well play nice and have a genuine interest in each other. Um, So I think that that was a big one. The other, um, the other thing, you know, certainly was in any industry that you're in, you have to invest in this industry. And what I mean by that is, you know, you, it's not just about, showing up to a conference to be at a booth. Quite frankly, Skill Scout for a long time had never even been able to afford that. We'd been building this business, you know, from the ground up. And what that meant was, you know what, I'm there to learn just as much as you are. I'm here to network just as much as you are. If it just so happens that it makes sense to really share what I do, awesome. But if not, that's okay too. And we've spent years doing that. We continue to spend years. Yeah. doing that. 
Um, and so that, that certainly, um, kind of was a, was a big perfect example. I mean, I've shared a stage with you. I've shared a stage with Abby and I I just so respect your work and what you guys do at skill scout. And then Craig has built this great community to, to bring us all together. Um, and I think that in itself, like the power of the network, the power of the community. And then when something comes up and you think of that person, they become top of mind and then they recommend them for, yeah. for a piece and of inevitably, work. right. Just like all industries, right. Yeah. Some of my clients have now become some of my best friends, right. Or even folks that we've never worked with, we're still super close to, and, and they refer us like, it, it's just, it's just one of those things is that I think the big difference for me is again, I'm here to build a business to last but I've also found my life's purpose, right? I have reached a level of self-actualization and <laughs> the Maslow's hierarchy of needs of yes. what I do. Um, yes. And it is a privilege to walk in my truth every day, mm. right? Like I, I, I am so privileged to do this work, to, to be a, a fly on the wall as people reflect on the work that they do. And that's an honor and that's a privilege. Um, and so I know that we're not for everyone. And I think that's in part also, you know, when it comes to attracting iconic brands is I know that I am a special spice of paprika. And so if you're looking for salt or you're looking for (laughs) turmeric, by all means, but if you're looking for a really dope paprika, we're, we're your people. And I think that was also it too. I think it's accepting too that, you know, when you can be your most, you know, your most authentic self, right? There's going to be some companies and folks that gravitate you and others that don't. And that's okay because I have an abundant mentality when it comes to our business and when it comes to, you know, the businesses of others. Yeah. There's something so powerful about showing up as yourself because then you also really kind of don't waste your time because you, you attract what you attract, right? And you repel what you repel and then you don't, waste your time on conversations that are just not suitable because you've already repelled them. And then the ones that are, are attracted to your brand and to your tone and your, your why, then they really kind of, they're there to last and they're there. They're serious when they pick up that phone and say, can you help? me?" Yeah. And that, and that's what this is about, right? Mm -hmm. Like I've always come into any of this is we may or may not be a fit for you and that's okay. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to try to have you fit into, you know, the, the square peg if, you know, we're a circle. Yeah. That's good, you know. Elena, thank you. Thank you. Thank that you. in itself, like, that's, that's, a, that's a tip for life. <laughs> right? Just show up and be yourself and you'll, you'll attract like-minded people. Right Amen. there. Amen. Um, well, thank you, everyone. The hour always goes by quick. Thank you for tuning in. Um, and uh, yes, Anne was just saying, uh, we have to know who our target audience is. People can tell when you're not showing up as your authentic self. Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, I just want to, before I close out, I just want to announce a quick event. So stick around a little bit, Elena. I do want to share real quick about the Association of Business Technology Professionals. We will be having our monthly chapter meeting on February 23rd at 6, and we're going to have Andy Ivey, CIO of Corolla, reversing the social dilemma. 
personal data protection strategies. These are for all my technology enthusiasts out there. And um, Elena, thank you. Thank, Thank you so you. much. I always enjoy our conversation. I love the work that you do. For all of you out there, we didn't even get to all the videos, but uh, is is the uh, Skill Scout website the best place for people to kind of start looking at your work? Yeah, and connect with me on LinkedIn. Yes. We've, we've done a lot of stuff. And so if there's specific examples, industries, themes, that really interest you, I'm sure I can dig through the libraries to find something that might be most relevant to you. There you go, folks. Connect with Elena Valentine. Somebody said, did I ask you on this show right before Valentine's? <laughs> Is that a coincidence or, <laughs> or planned? Hmm. No, it was super coincidence, but what an amazing plan. Yes. Right? Valentine yes. on the week of Valentine's. Yes. There you I, go, folks. I am a very Always thinking girl. of <laughs> Very blessed girl. It's a plan. Uh, go check out skillscout.com. Thank you so much for your time, Elena. Thank you so much. Thank you. And um, for all of you out there, a little reminder, my hashtag, shine your light, share your message, share your voice, share your truth, share your talents, and hopefully you do it through video. Thank okay. you, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you, Elena. Thank you, Anne Small. Make sure you all connect with her in the comments. Mm -hmm.